both say good morning. Thank you. Right, so today's today's daf, today's daf is okay, twenty five, and we are picking up. We are picking up um, on the bottom of Chavtalim base twenty four B, two four six seven lines up from the bottom. Amarav. So we'll say, remember again, we saw first of all today's daf is sponsored by Jerry and Abby Apple, Jerry and Abby Applebaum in promotion of the yard side of Abby's aunt, Jean Hoffman Gitl Basav. Rav Zichron Livracha, we hope that on the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama has an Aliyah. So we'll say, let's pick up last. Again, Chav Dalavis, 24B, 2, 4, 6, 7 lines are from the bottom. So we'll say, remember again, we dealt with in the Mishnah yesterday a, um, a, number of, a number of fascinating cases in terms of Gitten that are possible, right? Invalid Gitten. And remember, we saw a number of different cases in terms of some Gitten that were possible simply because, again, they were not written even for the sake of, of divorce. Other Gitten that were possible because they are written for a particular man and for a particular woman and wanted to be used by a second couple. And then still a third case of Gitten where it was written by a specific man, but it wasn't specifically written for a specific wife. And in all of those cases, the Mishnah ruled that to get us puzzle. The Gemara now is going to discuss the impact of a get puzzle. What is the impact of a puzzle get? Now you'll see, you'll see why that's an interesting question in just a moment. The Gemara says, I'm a rab. So Rav said, Kulan postlan bekuuna. We'll say, listen to this. So Rav said, literally, all of these gitten that we say are puzzle gitten. If a husband, in fact, in fact, gives them to his wife as much as the get is not effective and she is not divorced, but that get will puzzle her from the kahuna. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Postlin, hein osa mina kahuna, in bailakoi nifsala alav mishum grusha. They will say, now listen to this, how this practically play, plays out. Let's say, um, Let's say Reuven is in the shuk. I'm oh, sorry. Let's say Reuven gives his wife one of these puzzle gitten. One of these puzzle gitten mentioned in the Mishnah. And then what happens? Now she's not divorced, but then he dies. Then he dies. So, we'll say she's, so you'll say she's an almana. As an almana, as a widow, technically speaking, she's permitted to go ahead and even marry a coin. What Rav is saying is, as much as the get was not effective, she is a quasi grusha and therefore cannot go ahead and marry a coin even after the death of her husband. Now we'll see why that is in just a moment. However, Rav says, Chutzmin Arishon. Rav also with the exception of the first get. Remember, the first get was the one that was written in the shuk, right? That remember, the, that's the ones being written for, by apprentices for practice purposes. So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Chutzmin Arishon. Remember, that first get wasn't even written at all for the sake of divorce. So this, the Gemara Rav is, Rav is introducing us over here to the concept. This is a sugya we're going to see later on. You can see Pei Beis. A fast is called Reach HaGet. Reach HaGet means literally the scent of a get. What does it mean, the scent of a get? That there are times where the get itself is possible, but it leaves a get residue. And that get residue, that scent of a get, that reach I get, will ultimately invalidate her from the kahuna. So Rav suggests that all of the cases in the Mishnah, as much as all of the gitin are puzzle, if a husband in fact gave his wife one of these gitin, there's a reach I get, and therefore if subsequently the husband dies, the wife is not permitted to go ahead and marry a coin. I'm sorry? It would not, we'll, we'll see that, we'll see that, but it would not answer her to him. 
It would not aserate him. So it would not hurt him, correct? So, however, Rav says, with the exception of the first case, right? Case number one, Rav said, Rav says, is so not a get. Meaning that, that there's not even a recha get associated with it. Shmuel over Shmuel says, Shmuel says, no, even the first case, even the first case, which was the get only written for, for training, the training get, even the training get ultimately says Shmuel produces recha get and will pass law from the kuna. But as the Shmuel atame, Shmuel goes according to his reasoning, the Amr Shmuel called Makum Sheshanu Chachamim get puzzle, because Shmuel said any time that Chazal rule that a get is puzzle, um, Pasel uposel. It goes ahead, the get itself is Pasel, and it also Pasels her from ultimately marrying into the Kahuna. Same thing, Chalitza. Whenever there is a Chalitza Psula, whenever there is an invalid Chalitza, then Psula, the Chalitza itself is Pasel, Uposalta min ha'achin. And that will go at well, so you can have a Chalitza that's Pasel, but even when a Chalitza is Pasel, what? The Halacha is that it still prohibits her or precludes her from marrying any of the other brothers. But Ma'arav Amri Mishmid Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Sinarit Yisrael, they said in the name of Rabbi Lazar, small valayla psulos uposos. So we'll say the Gemara is giving examples of invalid chalitza. So what's an example of invalid chalitza? Small, remember again, Rabbi Lazar, the process of chalitza is that the woman, the sister-in-law, the widow, goes out and takes the shoe off the hand, oh, sorry, off the hand, off the foot, sorry, of her, of her husband's surviving brother. So the halacha, she's supposed to take off the right shoe. Let's say instead of taking off the right shoe, she took off the left shoe, or for that matter, chalitza is supposed to be done by day. Let's say she does it by night. In those cases, Rabbi Lazar, the chalitza is pasol, psulos, uposlos. In those case, Rabbi say the chalitza is possible, but even though, it's a, even though it's an invalid chalitza, she's also still precluded now from doing yibum with any of the other brothers. Tap of chafhei. On the other hand, katan and pilya, psula osvein posel. So on the other hand, if she does chalitza with one of the brothers who's a katan, or for that matter, again, she uses an ampilia. Ampilia, I'll say, is like a cloth shoe. Remember, again, chalitza has to be done with a sandal. If instead she does it with a cloth shoe, in those cases, the chalitza, of course, is possible, but ain't poslos. It does not invalidate her from the other brothers. We'll say that's another way of saying that if the chalitza is so far removed from being a correct chalitza, then although the chalitza itself is possible, but it won't invalidate her, the gabi, the other brothers. Ziri, Amr Ziri said, so I say so interesting that Ziiri said in all of these cases, in all of these cases, none of them, excuse me, none of these cases, meaning in the Mishnah, will invalidate her for marrying a Kohen, except for the last case. But remember, what was the last case? The last case in the Mishnah was, was a man says to the sofer, I have two wives named Leah. I'm not sure which one I'm going to divorce. So just write it for Leah. And again, when I decide, when I decide which wife I'm going to divorce, retroactively, it should be clarified that what? That the Leah for whom you wrote the get was the wife that I actually divorced. In other words, Breira. So Ziiri says, in all of the cases in the Mishnah, a husband gave his wife one of these gitten. So the get... <coughs> So the get is puzzle, but it does not invalidate her from Kohanim, 
except for the last one. Now, what's the logic in that? Rashi says, Because we both say there is a, because the Chumra, we're, we're stringent, and we say that there is a concept of Breira. So therefore, I will say, we'll be Machmir and say Yesh Breira. If you hold Yesh Breira, then technically speaking, again, the get could have been kasher, but the get's not really kasher. It's just that L'Chumra will say that it's effective enough to render her unfit for the Kahuna. So the Gemara goes, I'm going to Similarly, Ravasi said, all of the Gittin mentioned in the Mishnah, none of them go ahead and passel her from the Kuna, except for the last one because of a Chumrah of Breira. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Av achron nami posel. On the other hand, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, even the last get, even the last get mentioned in the Mishnah will not go ahead and passel her from the Kuhuna. But Amr Rabbi, in other words, we'll say, Rabbi, that's another way of saying that what? Rabbi Yochanan will say, in Breira. In Breira, we don't hold the Breira when it comes to Gittin, and therefore even that last get is just simply a meaningless statement. But as the Rabbi Yochanan tell me, Rabbi Yochanan, this is very interesting. And Rabbi Yochanan goes according to his reasoning. How so? But remember, Rabbi Yochanan Shita is in Breira, which means that you can't rely on retroactive clarification to provide clarity in a legal context where explicit clarity is necessary for transactional execution. Oh. <laughs> I rehearsed that a couple of times last night. <laughs> so I, so, so I, I can't repeat it. So now we can't say it again. It's says the Gemara. Now you're going to see, so simply said, Rabbi Yochanan holds in Breira. So, so says the Gemara, Ba'az Rabbi Yochanan Tameh. So Rabbi Yochanan goes according to his reasoning. How so? Do'am Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi is actually a fascinating case. Do'am Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan. This is a really a fascinating case in general. You have a father. We'll call him Yaakov. Yaakov has, we'll call it for argument's sake, 12 sons. Right? He dies. He leaves a large estate. But what happens? He doesn't say, let's, let's say, we'll say you know, to, make, to make things even easier, let's say he also has a daughter and she's the firstborn. So there's no male Bechor. There's no male firstborn. So the sons inherit, and because there's not a male firstborn, all of the sons inherit equally. But again, the father didn't say, you know, this chilek is for Ruvain, this chilek is for Shimon, this chilek is for Levi. The father just simply said, I'm leaving my estate to my sons. So what happens now? So they go, So Rabbi Yochanan says that brothers who go ahead and divide up the estate, they're like purchasers from one another. And therefore, and therefore, we'll say in the Yovel year, when property reverts back to its original owner, Rabbi Yochanan posits that all of the property goes back into to like a familial pot and is redivided again. In other words, we're going to say, take a look at Rashi in just a moment. L'kuch Hosein, De'in Breira. Rabbi Yochanan holds in Breira, De'ikah l'meichash chilek shanat al-zeh hayaroi le'echav ve'chlifu v'hayna l'kichah v'chos r'biyova le'tchilas m'shum mitzas yova v'hadr shakli kidimei kara. We'll say, listen to this case. This is actually a good test case. Let's, in this case, father dies, leaves the property to his sons. It's not explicit about which son gets which piece of property. So if you hold Yesh Breira, Yesh Breira means that when the sons divide up the estate, what happens? Yesh Breira says, retroactively it's clarified that the portion that they got is the portion the father wanted them to have. That's how it was old Yesh Breira. If you hold Aim Breira, then what? Then what? Then Lamaisa, they all have a portion, but who says that's the portion that the father wanted to have? It could be the father wanted Ruvain to have the one that Levi has, and Levi has the one that Zvulun was supposed to have. So what happens if you hold Aim Breira, 
that essentially they're considered to be like lekuchos, like they purchased interest from one another. You'll say to yourself, who cares? What's the nafkamina? Oh, the nafkamina both says yovel. Nafkamina is yovel. Because you see, yovel doesn't impact inheritance, but yovel does impact real estate transactions, real estate sales. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you hold that the brothers essentially are just inheritors, and yesh bero, there's retroactive clarification that what they got is what the father would have wanted them to have, then yovel doesn't impact the property, the property split. But if you hold that they're the kuchos, that they like purchase interest from one another, then what? It works beautifully for 50 years. But every 50 years, every 50 years, the property reverts back to what it was when the father first died. And there has to be what? Another division. I will say, of course, it's not the biggest deal in the world. The brothers just have the ability to say, we're happy to maintain or, or we're happy to recreate the same division we have for the last 50 years. But the point is, it is a process that occurs every 50 years. So the point of Bosei Echisilvi is that Rabbi Yochanan holds, Ein Breira. So the Gemara says the following, Utsricha, we need both cases. I will remember, so essentially Rabbi Yochanan has just stated the same concept twice, in Breira. But he quoted it now by Gittin. Remember, again, that's the last case in the Mishnah. The last case in the Mishnah was, uh, Reuven has two wives named Leah. He says to the sofa, right, to get named Leah, for, for the one named Leah. And then when I decide which Leah I'm divorcing, it should be retroactively clarified that the Leah I divorce is the Leah you wrote to get for. So Rabbi Yochanan says it doesn't work. So Rabbi Yochanan says, in Breira by Gittin, and in Breira by inheritance. So the Gemara obviously is asking, let's say, you know, in general, whenever you're dealing with concepts, all you need to do is what? State the concept once. And once you state the concept once, then again, you could apply it to as many cases as you want. Why does Rabbi Yochanan feel compelled to state the application of Breira by two different cases? I'll tell you why. Because if I would have just said it in this case, So I understand that Rabbi Yochanan holds Breira by Gin. Why? Because maybe Gittin is different. Gittin has a special xerosakasif of la lishma. Right? That a kid has to be written for the sake of this particular woman. That's why aim breira. You can't have retroactive clarification when there must be a degree of explicit intent for a particular woman. But maybe in the case, again, by Yovel, maybe Rabbi Yochanan would hold that there is breira. And again, but, and again remember, Yovel only impacts sales doesn't impact Yerusha or gifts. Or if, I, if Rabbi Yochanan would have just told me that he doesn't hold, that he holds in Breira by the field, by the case of the Yerusha, I would have said because that results in a Chumrah, right? Because ultimately, again, the need to return the field back to the familial path every 50 years is a Chumrah. And I will say the other, the other idea over here is that if you hold in Breira, Ultimately, again, it goes back to meaning it resets. Aval hacha imalo, but perhaps by gitin, I would say yesh breira. Therefore, tzvicha. So we'll say the gemara essentially answers that each case, each of these cases, gitin and property division, each have their unique aspects. And therefore, halacha lemaisa had Rabbi Yochanan just stated in breira by one of them. I might have thought that that was dafka over here, but in a different situation, you might hold the Yishpira. So, Bosa, just you should know, how do we pass in the halacha? I just want to point something out to you. The, the, the case of Breira, the case of Breira is, or I should say the concept of Breira, is something we've seen already a number of times throughout our journeys in Shas. Um, and the truth is, Breira is dealt with differently in different cases, as we will see. 
How about for Hilchos Gitten? So we'll say, so the Shulchan Aruch in Evan Ezer, Hilchos Gitten. The Shulchan Aruch has a whole dedicated section of Hilchos Gitten. Part of it is actually an interesting section about how to actually write a get, as well as Shemos names, which we'll get into. So the Shulchan is Evan Ezer, Hilchos Gitten, Kuf Lamed Aleph Sif Dalit. Shulchan Aruch Paskins, Yeser Alkain, Amr Lesofer, Kosuf. So we'll say again, it's interestingly enough, that's the first case. That's the first case, right? That halachalamaisa, again, if you go ahead and you tell him to write it for Leah, and he say, I'll, I'll decide later on which Leah I want to go out and divorce. Safek Girishin. We'll say Safek Girishin means Reach Hayat. That the get is not effective. But Lamai said it's still a reach, which means if the husband were to die, she would not be able to marry a Kohen. So I'll say same thing ultimately if you use Breira. So the Shukhanarch Paskins, Shukhanarch Paskins, essentially in Breira, by Gitin, there is no Breira. There is no retroactive clarification. But if you use the get that required Breira, as much as the get is ineffective because in Breira begin or in Breira over here, Nevertheless, there would be an element of reach haget, and therefore, again, it would passel her from marrying into the kuna afterwards. Okay, so it says the Gemara. Supposedly, actually, this is the case that we're going about to read now. A man says to the sofer, listen to this case, right? So maybe he just finished, you know, I don't know, learning uh, Sefer Yoshua, the, right, the episode of Yiftach, right? So what happens? So listen, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm in a, I don't know what kind of mood he's in, but I, 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 I have two wives named Leah. We'll say again, each of these cases only work if the wives have the same name. So he says to the server, listen, write the get. The case over here is where he's saying, write the get now for Leah. I, which Leah? Let's see. Let's stand out here. Whoever walks out of the house first, that's the one I'm going to divorce. We'll say, first of all, this guy's not a keeper anyway, right? So this is, uh, so whoever's going to walk out of the house first, that's the one who's going to be divorced. So Amrle, so Ma, what's Talak? So we'll say, Ravoshia, Ravoshia is asking this Kasha Rav Yehuda, what is the status of such a get? So Amrle, Tanisua. To which Rabbi Yehuda responded, we learn this. Yes, Rami Khan, Amr Lalavler, Kasav Le'ezer She'ertza, Egarish, Pasal Egarish, Ba'ama In Breira. So we'll say, to which, to which Rabbi Yehuda responds, we already dealt with this. Right? How did we already deal with this? The Mishnah said that if a man says to the scribe, I have two wives named Leah, write a get for Leah, and I'll decide later on which one to divorce, in other words, Breira, that it doesn't work. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, you see, in Breira. So it's the same thing again, if you write the get for Leah, and I have two wives named Leah, and I say, whichever one comes out of the house first, that's the one I'm going to divorce. It doesn't work, because we're passing in Breira. So remember, so Rabbi Yehuda simply responds to Rav Hoshia saying, we paskin by getting in Breira. There is no retroactive clarification. So now that you know that principle, plug that into whatever case you want. You want to say it's a case of where he has two wives named Leah, and he says, so for right to get for Leah, I'll decide later on which Leah to divorce. Or I have two wives named Leah, I say right to get for Leah, and whichever Leah comes out of the house first, that's the one I'm going to divorce. Whatever case you want to plug it into, either way, getting don't work when they depend on retroactive clarification. Listen to this case. 
A father says to his sons, here's the deal, right? I'm going to shech the Karm Pesach, and I'm going to have, remember, Karm Pesach, in order, in order to eat of a Karm Pesach, you have to be part of a Chabura. You have to be part of a group, right? And therefore, again, the person who's in charge of the carbon has to have in mind who it is that he shechted the carbon Pesach for. So a father says to his sons like this, here's the deal. I'm going to shech the Pesach, having in mind whichever one of you gets to Yerushalayim first. Whoever gets to Yerushalayim first is included in the carbon Pesach. Whoever doesn't get to Yerushalayim first is not included. Now, now what's the case over here? The case over here is where the kids are not going to get to Yerushalayim until later on in the afternoon. Until later on in the afternoon. The father shacked in the Karim Pesach when? Earlier on, chatzos, earlier on in the afternoon. So what's happening over here? What's the, what does the Gemara say? Kevan shenichnas rishon, rishon roshav virubo. Once the first son, literally the head and the majority of his body, enters into Yerushalayim, zacha bechalko, he acquires his portion. And literally, he, he creates an entitlement for his brothers as well. So I will say, so again, we'll explain this in just a moment, but for our purposes, what Raboshia sees, what Raboshia sees, what Raboshia sees in this case, is a case of Brera. Right, he's saying, Rabbi Yudu, what are you talking about? We do hold Yesh Brera, because look at this case. The father shat in the Karim Pesach, not knowing which of his sons is actually going to get there first. The, the, the identity of the son who gets there first is only what? is only clarified later on when the sun actually arrives. So you see from here what? You see from here, Yesh Brera. So which I this response? I'm really Hoshia Brei, Hoshia my son. Ma'inyan Pesachim Eitzel Gitin. What are you talking about? What does Pesachim have to do with Gitin? Ha'itmar Allah, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kedei Lezarzan B'mitzvos. Ah, this is not a case of Brera. Right? This is a case of parental incentive. Now what happens? The father is trying to get his sons are shtick lazy. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to get them to move it a little bit. To Lazarus and Bamitsos, to get them to be a little bit Zoris. How do we know this? Dekonami Diktani, Kevan Shenichnas Rishon, Rosha Barubo, Zachabakalko, Mazakes Echavimor. Both say, what did the Bryce say? The Bryce said as soon as the first brother comes in, what happens? What happens? He gets his portion and what? He creates an entitlement for his brothers as well. In other words, what's the case over here? Rabbi says, this is not a case of Brera. This is a, meaning who, when the father shechs the Karim Pesach, who does he have in mind for the Karim Pesach? All of his kids. He's just saying this in order to get them to move a little bit, to, to come to Yerushalayim quicker. But the Maes, again, there's no Brera. He has in mind for all of them. That's why the Bryce even says, as soon as the first brother gets there, he entitles himself and all of his other brothers to partake in the Karim Pesach. So the Gemara says, Shapir. So that makes sense. This case makes sense if you hold that the father had his sons in mind from the beginning. If you hold that the father didn't have his sons in mind at the time of the Shechita, is it possible to add in additional people after the Shechita? It doesn't, work, it doesn't work like that. We learned, an entry into a Chabura is sealed well at the time of Shechita. So therefore, again, Zigmar is just trying to prove this can't be a case of Brera. Because they're all saying, for Karim Pesach to work, the Chabura has to be defined at the time of the Shechita itself. Therefore, even though the father is making it sound like he's using Brera in this situation, in reality, this is just a statement of Zrizos, just a statement to get the sons to move it a little bit and to get to Yerushalayim a little bit quicker. Tanya Al-Hachir, Brisa, that supports this idea that this is not a case of Brera, just a case of Zrizos. Maisa, 
v'kadmu banim banos lebanim v'nimtu banos zrizos ubanim shvelim. Rabbi says an interesting postscript to this story that apparently in this family one time the father said it to all of his kids, and what happened? The girls got to Yerushalayim before the boys. And it turned out that what? That the girls were Zariz and the boys were not. So the point over here you see is that the entire purpose of this parental statement was not to actually dictate who was going to be and who was not going to be part of the part of the Chabura. But rather, again, everybody was part of the Chabura. It was just to encourage the kids to be a little bit more Zariz. Omer Abaye. Sabaye said the following. So we'll say, listen to this. So here's what's fascinating. So Raboshia, Raboshia asked the case, remember, what was Raboshia's question, Rabbi Huda? Raboshia's question, Rabbi Huda, was a man says to the scribe, whichever, I want you to write the get, I had two wives named Leah, write the get, write the get for Leah, and whichever Leah comes out of the house first, that's the Leah I'm going to divorce. Okay, so does that work? That was the question Rabbi Hoshia asked Rabbi Huda. But says, so what happened? Rabbi Huda responded, we learned that in the Mishnah. What's the case of the Mishnah? The case of the Mishnah is that a man says to the sofa, write for, I have two eyes named Leah, write for me a get for a, woman, for a wife named Leah, and I'll decide later on which Leah is going to be. It should be retroactively clarified which Leah, which Leah is divorced. And then Rabbi Huda says, and then, and then, again, so then, and Rabbi tries to bring a proof. To, so Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda deflects Rabbi question, and that Rabbi brings the case, a proof from the case of current Pesach. Rabbi Hoshia, even though all of those cases sound the same, in fact, there is one nuanced dramatic difference, which is, there's a concept of Tola Bedas Atzmo versus Tola Bedas Achir. Rabbi Hoshia, see, sometimes ambiguity is a result of the fact that other people have to take decisive action, and sometimes ambiguity is a result of the fact that I have to take, I have to take um, direct action. So, so for example, in Raboshia's case that he asked in Rabbi Yehuda, the case over here is, I'm asking the sofa, write a get for Leah, and whichever Leah comes out of the house first, that's the one who's divorced. That, the Gemara calls, Tola Bedas Acherim. That's a case of where there's ambiguity in the case, and the ambiguity is only, the, the certainty only comes about because of the actions of others. That was Roshia's case. Rabbi Huda responds from the case of the Mishnah, which is a case of what? Tola bedas atzmo. That's dependent on me. I have two wives named Leah. I asked the sofa to write a get for Leah, and I'm going to decide ultimately which Leah I'm going to go out and divorce. And Raboshia then tries to deflect Rabbi Yehuda's proof from what? From the case of Karam Pesach, which is again, again, what, Rabosai? A case of Tola Bedas Achirim. So the Gemara, so Abayi is just pointing out, everyone thinks they're speaking the same language because everybody's talking about Breira. But I just want to point out, they're dealing with different cases of Breira. Raboshia's question is a case of Breira, but it's Tola Bedas Achirim. It's dependent on the actions of others. Rabbi Yehuda answers Raboshia's question with a case of Tola Bedas Atzmo, and then Raboshia brings a case to refute Rabbi Huda's answer of Tola Bedas Achirim. So the Gemara says, Amr Abayi, Kaboy Minei Tola Bedas Achirim. Raboshia's question is a question that deals with, with uncertainty that is only resolved through the actions of others. V'kaposhet le Tola Bedas Atzmo. And Rabbi Huda responds to the case of Tola Bedas Atzmo. V'hadr Mosiv le Tola Bedas Achirim. Raboshia raises another kasha of Tola Bedas Achirim. Samurava, Rava says, who cares? My kushya. Dilma demanded Isle Brera, Loshna Tolobadas, Loshna Tolobadas Achirim, Isle Brera. 
So I'll say the simple answer is Rava says maybe it doesn't matter. Meaning, maybe maybe the idea is like this: it's not a shaila of the case; it's shaila of the principle. If you hold yesh breira, then what? Then what? Yesh breira applies in all cases. It does. Seriously, you hear the distinction over here. The Gemara is distinguishing as to the source of the ambiguity. Is the source of the ambiguity my lack of decisive action? That's Tola Bedas Atzmo. I just haven't decided which course of action I'm taking yet now. And when I decide, I'll become retroactively clarified what I meant from the beginning. Or is it a case of Tola Bedas Achir? Tola Bedas Achir means the ambiguity will only be resolved through the actions of others. So Rava suggests maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe at the end of the day, the core question is what? Do you hold the Breira? Or don't you hold of Breira? If you hold of Breira, then what? Then what? Then again, it doesn't matter. We believe in retroactive clarification, no matter what the case. On the other hand, maybe if you reject Breira, if you say, in Breira, there is no such thing as retroactive clarification. It doesn't make a difference if the ambiguity is a result of my lack of decisive action, or the ambiguity is a, la- is, is a result of someone else's lack of decisive action. This, this is really good stuff. So Rabbi said to Rava, Listen to this. So Mashiach says, Rabbi, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm going to show you that within Breira itself, there are those who make distinctions in cases between when the ambiguity is dependent on my lack of decisive action, Tola Bedas Asmo, versus Tola Bedas Watch this. So the Gemara Savahar Rabbi Huda, the Tola Bedas Asmo, Leslie Breira. So I say, Rabbi Huda holds that when the, the ambiguity is a result of my lack of decisive action, there is no Breira. There is no attractive clarification. On the other hand, when the when the, when the ambiguity is a result of others' lack of decisive action, Isle Breira. Both say, how so? Listen to this. Tola Badasat, small Leslie Breira. Where do you see according to Abihuda? Both say that if the circumstances are dependent on me, we don't imply the concept of Breira. Listen to this case. Desanya. Halokeach Yami Ben Akusim. Both say, somebody purchases wine from Kusim. Now, the idea over here is, both say, now Rashi points out, Kodem Gzera. I mean, there was a subsequent Gzera that prohibited one from purchasing wine from Kusim. This is before that Gzera. So, what happens? I'm purchasing wine from Kusim. The issue over here is, so let's say I'm allowed to drink the wine. The, the issue is, it's not tithed. It's not tithed, right? Chumas Vaisa have not been taken. But I want to drink the wine. What's the problem? What's the problem? I don't have utensils to separate out the trumas and maestros. So what do I do? I can't separate out, but I want to drink the wine. So what do you do? Omer, shnei lugin, shani asid lahafrish, harahin truma. So we'll say, I, I see like this. Two lug that I will separate in the future will be truma. Asara maestro rishon, ten lug will be maestro rishon, tisha maestro sheni, nine lug will be maestro sheni. Amud beis, umeichal v'shosem yadir evimir. So we'll say, what happens? Mechal I, I, literally means I could deconsecrate the Meiser Shani that's in it in a coin. We'll leave that on the side. And I could drink immediately these words of Rabbi Meir. Rashi says, Shol Samiyad, Demeacher Shekara Shem Yatzal Amidei Tevel, Ukashim Otiyayin Lishtiyaso, Huanivar Lechulin, Uchlishiyo Lokeilam Yotzim, Meirano Lechuma, Huanivar Chuma Yishpira. So I'll say Rabbi Meir says like this. We say Yishpira. Yishpira says what? So I'll say, so now I go ahead and I say, I'm separating out, I'm going to separate out this for Truma, this for Meisut, so on and so forth. Then I drink the wine. So when I drink the wine, we assume that the wine that I'm drinking is what? Is Chulin. And later on, when I have the utensils and I separate out the Trumas and Maestros, so Yesh Breira says retroactively, it's clarified that the wine that I'm separating out now was what? Was what? Was the wine that I separated initially. 
So Rabbi Meir says, you could drink the wine. You have to do this separation, even though I'm not actively separating anything. I actually have to do the verbal separate, separation. And when I actually take Trumas and Maestros later, it's retroactively clarified that when I, what, I took, what I took now is actually what I separated out, quote-unquote, or what I designated earlier on. Yesh Breira. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon Osrin. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon say, it's us, you can't do this. You can't do this. They both say, Rabbi Gemara is assuming that why can't you do this? Rashi says, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon Osrin, the less lahu breira, betola bedasasa, shu atzlamosi asayayin. So I'll say the assumption over here is that these rabbis don't allow for this. Why? Because it's breira, it's bore, not breira. It's, it's, yeah, it's breira, not borer, but it's breira, right? It's, it's retroactive clarification. And they hold that are both saying circumstances where the ambiguity is dependent on me. In other words, don't drink the wine. Don't drink the wine and just wait until you can separate out the chumas and maestros. So in those circumstances, Rabbi Huda says we do not rely on breira. Okay? So this is the Gemara's proof that Rabbi Huda rejects the notion of breira when it's tola bedas atzmo, when the ambiguity is a result of my actions. On the other hand, tola bedas acherim is breira, but Rabbi Huda does accept the notion of Brera, when, when the ambiguity is based on the actions of others. Where do we see this from? Listen to this. So the Gemara says, This nan, mahi ba'osan hayamin. I will say, What is her status during those days? Now, what are we talking about? Look at Rashi. Mahi ba'osan hayamin. Lekaman b'mishachzu. Zegitech me'achshav. Emesim e'cholizeh. Harizeget. Emesim e'cholizeh. Mahi koyim e'cholizeh. Also, listen to this. Let's say a husband is ill. And he say, gives his wife a get. And he says, if I go ahead and I die as a result of this illness, this should be your get. Right? This is your get from now, if I die from this illness. Rabbi Osai, we actually saw this in Yavamas, that a man would do this, let's say, if he doesn't have children and he doesn't want his wife to have to deal with Yibum. So he, what he'll do is he wants to do a retroactive divorce. Retroactive, you can't remember, because there's no such thing. We'll learn this. Get la'achramisa. You can't have a get after the husband died. But Lamais again, he wants to trigger a retroactive divorce. I'm giving you the get now. This is your get me'achsha from now, if I die as a result of this illness. So the Gemara asks, what is her status all of the days, all of the days that he's sick? So Rabbi Huda Omer, so, what, I mean, again, she's a married woman. All the days that she's dead, he's sick. But ultimately, what? When he dies, when he dies, so it is a valid get. Rashi says, Now, what does is, what is this mean? This is actually very interesting. Let's say the husband is a Kohen. So, what's say? So, the Shaila really that they're asking is, Is she allowed to eat truma? Because what's the possibility, Rabosai? The possibility is that he's going to be, he's going to die from this illness. Retroactively, she'll be divorced. And then it turns out that what? That when she was eating truma, she really was the divorcee of a coin who's not entitled to truma. But yet, Rabbi Huda says, no, while she's married, she's married, she can eat truma. And what happens? Rashi says, and when he dies, when he dies, or if he dies from this particular illness, the get is a valid get. Rashi says, "Diktani reish harei zeget." Vayir Rabbi Huda b'mahi osan yomim. Amalo polig breish for the amrina get lachem isu. Kevod nevarim achshav. Va'afakat the chosen get time b'sapkole miyachem yomos. Betalat time b'das b'das misham isu v'chayim tuli biyado. U'kishemais amrina hovra hadaver demishas nesina 
So again, without getting into this whole thing over here, Rashi says, if you look at the last line, So Abihudi clearly holds that, what yesh breira? So I'll say, remember again, this idea over here, a husband says, this is your get if I die from this illness, and then he dies. It turns out that she's retroactively divorced from the time, ultimately, that he gave her the get. That means yesh breira. So, we'll say, so, so now, here's what's interesting. So on one hand, Rabbi Yehud is holding Ein Breira, in the case of the wine. In this case over here, he's holding Yesh Breira. So Rava will say, Rava? Yeah, Rava will say that the only way to distinguish the two is how to explain the following. When it's Tole Bedas Atzmo, when the ambiguity is dependent on me, right? The lack of karate is dependent on me. Then Rabbi Yehud holds Ein Breira. But when it's Tole Bedas Achirim, when the ambiguity is based on someone else, then What? Then Rabbi Huda will in fact paskin yesh breira. The wine is dasatzmo. I have the power to to, to remove to separate atrumas and meisus. Tolabadasachirim is dependent on the husband, not on the woman. Remember, we're looking from the woman's perspective, from her perspective. So from her perspective, again, I have no control over this. The truth is, Rashi actually points out that it's Tolabadasachirim even for the husband. Because whether he lives or dies, whether he lives or dies, not up to him. Rashi, that's what Rashi actually says. It's really totally Tolabadasachirim. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says... So there would never be a case of, of Right, it's dependent on whether he lives or dies, I'm saying. Right, by, 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 by death. By death, it's Tolba Dasachirim. Right. There's dark, no, the white keys of one is Tolba Dasatzmo. Ah, mamish, gorgeous. Right, so, 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 I'm Rabbi Mishashia. So, Mr. Mishashia said to Rava, So, ha, Rabbi Shimon, the Tolba, so the Gemara said the following, I'm Rabbi Mishashia, the Rava, ha, Rabbi Shimon, Tolba Dasatzmo, let's lay Brera, but Tolba Dasachirim is lay Brera. So, we'll say, so Rava said to Rabbi Mishashia, to, excuse me, to Rabbi Shimon, I'm sorry. So Rabbi Sharshi said to Rabbi, so Rabbi Shimon, who you are saying holds that Tola Badas Atzmo, there is no Brera, but Tola Badas Acherim does have Brera. Tola Badas Atzmo, less lay Brera. Had Amran Tola Badas Acherim, is lay Brera. So remember, so now, Rabbi Sharshi says, remember, Rabbi is creating this construct where essentially he's saying like this Rabbi Shimon holds a Brera. But only, I will say, just so you understand, there's actually it's a logical argument. The idea of a need for retroactive clarification, Rabbi Shimon will say, the only time you could rely on retroactive clarification is when you don't have the power to clarify these circumstances now. Then you could go ahead and rely on retroactive clarification. But if you hold the power to clarify the circumstances, then you cannot hold the brayra. So for example, again, in the case of the wine, Rabbi Shimon will say, listen, you have the power to clarify this. How do you have the power to clarify it? How? How? Separate out the truma semis. I don't have a cleat. You don't have a utensil. Fine. Wait. Wait. Who says you have to, just because you have the wine, doesn't mean you have to drink it now. Wait until you have the ability to clarify it. As opposed to, let's say, the case of the get, where literally, again, I have no control over these circumstances. It's totally independent on the hands of others. Therefore, again, in that case, I can hold the brera. So again, I'm sorry, let's do that again. I'm going to Mishashi the Rabbah. So Mishashi said to Rabbah, How Rabbi Shimon, How Rabbi Shimon, Gitola, Bedas, Atzmo, Lesley, Brera. So now what you're telling me is, 
Rabbi Shimon holds that when this ambiguity, when I can resolve the ambiguity, there is no Breira. But when it's dependent on others, there is Breira. So we'll say, the case of Tola Bedas Atzmo, that there's no case in Breira, that we said, that was the case of the wine. Where do we see, however, that in the case of Tola Bedas he does hold the Breira? So we'll say another case. Tisanya, Harini Ba'alayich, so listen to this. A man says to a woman, right, I'm having relations with you, but the relations should only affect Kiddushin if my father blesses the marriage. How is pulling this one off? I'm not sure. Right? But, but the idea is a very convincing individual. So what happens? So he says, okay, we're going to have relations, but it's only going to, I'm right, I'm very firm. I want my father's blessing. Right, right? So, you know, people are, it's a little smorgasbord. I'll take this, now that. So I want my father's blessing on the marriage. So here's what we'll do. Let's save ourselves both some time. Let's, do, let's engage in the Bia now. But the Bia should only affect Kiddushin if my father blesses this union. So what's the halacha? So the Gemara says, Afa pishlo ratza ab mikudeshes. So the first opinion says, even if the father does, says, I don't want you marrying her, the still mikudeshes. The B affects kiddushin. Rashi says, Afa pishlo ratza ab mikudeshes. So Rashi says the following. He says, the ain adam osa bi'ilasa bi'las nus. The Gemara believe all the kiddushin gemara vafilo yirtzav. Because the say, a person does not want his bia to be a bias. No, so a person doesn't want to engage in illicit, in illicit relations. So the truth is, the guy has in mind that even if his father doesn't want the marriage, the bia should still affect the kiddushin. Meaning, even though he's saying, I'm making this dependent on my father's blessing, at the end of the day, the alternative to his father not blessing the union is that it's a bias nos, and people don't want to engage in bias znos. Therefore, again, he's mikudesh, she's mikudesh no matter what. Reb Shimon ben Yehuda Omer, Mishum Rabbi Shimon, Ratzahav Mikudashes. No. So Reb Shimon Abosai says, if the father wants the union, then ultimately the marriage works. Top of Chavav, Lo Ratzahav, Ina Mikudashes. And if the father doesn't want it, then what? Then ultimately there's no Kiddushin. So Abosai, look at Rashi. Lo Ratzahav, Ina Mikudashes, Delo Baal Ela Al Tanai. Ultimately, again, the son is only do, g- engaging in relations with the Tanai. And the Tanai is that the father wants the union. So, listen to this. No, the Tanai stands. And therefore, if the father doesn't want this marriage, it's a bias nos. But let's focus on the other piece. If the father does want the marriage, then what? Then it turns out that retroactively, the Bia was a Biaznus, which Rabbi say is what relies on what? Relies on Brera, right? And therefore, again, I'm sorry, it's Kiddushin. Therefore, again, relies on Brera. Therefore, you see over here that what? This is a case of Tola Bedasachirim. Why is it Tola Bedasachirim, Rabbi Because it's dependent on the father's wanting of this Shidduch for his son. See, you see over there, Rabbi Shimon Paskins, Tola Bedasachirim, Yesh Brera. So Amrlay says, no, that's not true. Bain Rabbi Huda Bain Rabbi Shimon Loshna Tolu Bedas Atzma Loshna Bedas Achirim Isle Brera. And both say in reality. So now both say, listen to what the Gemara does. Gemara does a one eighty. Really, Rabbi Shimon hold there is always Brera. Both say this goes back to what Rava wanted to say earlier, which is either you hold the Brera or you don't hold the Brera. And if you hold the Brera, it applies in all cases. And if you don't hold the Brera, it doesn't apply in any of the cases. Rabbi Shimon holds Isle Brera. There is Brera. So, I, one second. We'll say, now, now we've got a problem. What's the problem? If you hold Isle Brera, then I'm going to say, which case poses a challenge? The case of the wine. The case of the wine poses a challenge. Because remember, in that case, in that case, Rabbi Shimon said, 
that you can't drink the wine by simply verbally designating this as truma or this as meiser, but rather, again, you have to wait until you can actually separate out. But if he holds yesh breira, the yesh breira should allow verbal, verbal tithing designations and therefore drink the wine. And when you, t- when you separate out the tithes, then it should be retroactively clarified that what? That what you separate out now is what you designated earlier on. But Shimon doesn't hold that way. Ah, to which the Gemara says, because the case of wine is a different case. Because in the case of the wine, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon had a different concern by the wine. What was the different concern by the wine? Different concern is you're separating out tithes now. You're verbally designating tithes, and you want to rely on retroactive clarification later on. What's the concern? Maybe the barrel will break, right? Maybe the barrel will break. If the barrel breaks and the wine spills all over the place before you have an opportunity to what? To actively separate out those ties, it turns out that what? That retroactively, you are drinking tebel. Amr lahem, and Rabbi say, what does Rabbi Meir respond? You know what? When it breaks, we'll worry about it. We'll say you should just know. So, we'll say, so first of all, so the, for, for the Gemara's purposes over here, what this does for us is the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, excuse me, really holds a Brera, which goes back to Rabbi's original assumption that either you hold Brera or you don't hold Brera. If you hold Brera, you don't make a distinction between Tolu Badasaz and Tolu Badasacherim. And the reason Rabbi Shimon rejects the notion of verbal designation of tithes by the barrel of wine because he has a secondary concern, which is that you may verbally designate, and that by itself would be fine, but you have to be concerned about what? That the barrel is going to break, the contents will spill over the place, before you have a chance to separate out, and it turns out that the Lama Freya, you're going at your drinking, you're, you're drinking Tevel. But just, I think also, I think that in this, this Machlokis is also a profound Hashkafic Machlokis. Right? I say, in life almost, there are two different approaches to life. There are some people that worry about every single possible thing that could go wrong. Right? Again, and the truth is, if you, if you approach life that way, if an opportunity comes along and you worry about all the things that could break, all the things that could go wrong, so ultimately the result of that often is inaction. Inaction. Because everything we do in life, there's always an incredible risk of it backfiring, of it going wrong. So, so, Rabbi, Rabbi, you know, so Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon says, but one second, the barrel may break. And I will say, I think that Rabbi Meir expresses such an incredible hashkafa sachayim. You know what? You're right. Everything in life could go wrong. And you know what? The only way to deal with life when it goes wrong is how? To deal with life when it goes wrong. If it breaks or when it breaks, we'll deal with it then. But until that point in time, we have to keep moving forward. All right? We'll stop over here. We'll pick up with the Mishnah tomorrow. Welcome back. How was your trip? Baruch Hashem. Good. So you... Ashkoyach. So this is...